Welcome to the Menlo Midweek Podcast, where we are getting some extra time with the speaker from last Sunday's message to go a little deeper, get some extra thoughts about the message, and get a behind-the-scenes look at their teaching process. We're your hosts, Mark and Jess. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Menlo Midweek. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. And as always, it's Jessica and Mark. And today we have our director of Next Gen, Brett Corton. Woo! I'm back. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me back. We had a huge conversation if we should allow you to come back. Mm -hmm. But we felt like because... I heard it was a close vote. It was. It was a tie, actually. Who do you think voted to not have you back, me or Mark? Oh, I don't feel comfortable saying that right now. It was me. Yeah. Okay. I, said no. I mean, I was going to say that, but uh, yeah, I didn't want to start the interview off on the wrong foot. Great. Just kidding. Well, obviously. We're so happy to have you back, Brett. Thank you. And you are teaching on the Unlikely Witness series week two. Correct. If people haven't been with us for the first week, you helped shape this series as we were talking about a little bit earlier. What are you excited for? What is The Unlikely Witness? Why did we land on this series? And what are your hopes? Yeah, so The Unlikely Witness, the kind of the heart behind this series is, well, I guess the passage that we're looking at in the series is Jesus saying to his disciples in Acts 1, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And when you look at the group of people who is sitting there with Jesus, the disciples, they are a odd group of people. They are not the people who you would choose to launch a movement. I love that in, I think it's in Matthew's gospel when he's saying Jesus giving the same ones, he mentions like to the people that Jesus is giving this call, he he names a certain group of people. And he says, there are people who are worshiping Jesus and there are people who are doubting. And mm-hmm. it's like, Jesus is saying, you're going to launch my movement. Like nobody would think you're, I'm going to launch a movement with a bunch of doubters. Mm-hmm. But Jesus says, no, actually, I'm going to choose you. And the reason is, is it's not about you. It's about me working through you. And um, just thinking about that, um, as we're thinking about our church and that same call for us today, uh, realizing that we are a bunch of unlikely people. Like there's nothing about any of us that makes us special. Um, Yet Jesus says to us, I want you to go and to let the world know about life with me. Um, And so that's kind of the heart behind the series. And then you look at the fact that we're in the Bay Area. And the Bay Area is... I think the, if not one of the most unchurched populations in the country. And so Cheryl mentioned in week one that we live in an unlikely place. So we're unlikely witnesses in an unlikely place. Mm -hmm. Yet Jesus still calls us as a church, go and be a light for me wherever you go. Mm -hmm. And so throughout the series, we're looking at what does it mean to be a witness? Week two, which I uh, gave this past Sunday, is looking at what is the actual message of the unlikely witness. And then in the coming weeks, we'll be talking about how do we actually do it and what is the method of the unlikely witness. So yeah, I'm excited about it because I struggle with talking about my faith. I think most of us mm-hmm. probably do. It's and terrifying. Yes. And so our hope is that through this series, you realize that it's actually something that can be a natural part of your everyday life. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's our hope as a church. I love that Cheryl started off her message uh, week one of like, all right, you guys, we got to talk about the E word. And it's like, obviously, like we knew what it was just because we knew what we're talking about. But it's like, what could like, yeah, what's the E word? What's the E Hmm. word? And it is true. Like that the word evangelism can have so much, you know, 
trauma or PTSD or triggers attached to it. And so I, I really appreciate that. And I like this series and I'm excited to dive into a little bit more. And I really liked your message. But before I talk about it, why don't you share a little bit about what you what you preached on? Yeah, a so summary. week two this past Sunday, we talked about what is the message of the unlikely witness. And the reason why we did this sermon was before you can go share anything, you need to know what are you actually sharing. Yeah. And um, it was basically... What I talked about is that the message of the unlikely witness is the gospel. And the gospel is another one of those churchy words that can have a lot of baggage with it. I don't think it has as much baggage as maybe the word evangelism, but there's, depending on your religious tradition, where you grew up, like you've heard a lot of different ways of presenting the gospel, whether it's uh, you do this and you pray a prayer, you do this thing and it's like, you want to avoid hell, like a wide variety of things, but kind of like looking at what is the gospel? And the way that I kind of framed it is I looked at um, both Paul and Jesus's phrases. Jesus is in Mark, Paul's in Romans and Colossians, where he talks about the gospel and how the gospel is ultimately good news and how that was a kind of political word back in the day because it was a word that was um, used by kings or by armies when a new reign was coming. And when Jesus and Paul said, the gospel is here, the good news is that the kingdom of God is here, it was saying, there is a new king in charge. And the message for us in that is one, that God is there, but it's not just that God's kingdom is here, but it's the good news that Jesus, through his death and resurrection, has provided a way for us to be a part of that kingdom. And so I talk a little bit about the Old Testament journey to where we are, where where we were with Jesus, to what kind of led to the issues of how sin took over humanity's lives and in the culture and our entire world and how Jesus stepped into that to make it possible for us to be a part of God's kingdom. I loved in your message that how you kind of define sin. I think mm-hmm. you said sin is putting your human will above God's will. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a great way to frame that word. Because again, as we're talking about words with baggage, that's definitely one of them. <laughs> yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so I really appreciated your tact in in saying that. But it also made it feel a little bit more personable and mm. less guilty and more so, no, that's just me and how I was made. Yet God still, like you said, chose me to be a witness in that season. Yeah. So. Yeah, sin is definitely one of those. And I know that is a very simplistic mm-hmm. kind of definition, but- when I think about sin in my life, it always is because I'm just choosing myself. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's a solution for that is let Jesus be Lord of your life mm-hmm. and focus on him. And I, yeah, I brought that back to the, the garden. There was, I forget who wrote it. It was a book I read a couple years ago about sin. And it talked about sin as being the breaking of shalom. Mm-hmm. And he used the whole Genesis creation narrative of how when God created the world, he made it the world made the world perfect. Like it's a picture of shalom. It's the way that life is meant to be. And the way that life is meant to be is God on the throne and we wa- us walking with God. But what broke shalom is when we said, no, God, you're not on the throne. We're going to fix what this world is going to be like. We can be in charge of it. And it's the breaking of shalom. And so that's a little bit of where that kind of thought process behind sin mm-hmm. came from. Great. It also feels like, as someone who grew up in the church, like it's 
your sermon was in retro, not retrospect, in like reality, I guess, the basic Christianity. Mm -hmm. Like this is what it's all about. But what's so interesting is like you kind of took a different, I'm trying to think of how how to word this. Like it was just, it was still like the basics of like, hey, you're a Christian. These are the things you believe. And this is what the good news is. And now go share it. But it it just fit. I'm, I don't know if I'm making any sense. It could just fit so well in the, in the series as you were, you know, I was there when you were recording it and I was like, how is this tied into the unlikely witness series? Cause you were just talked a lot about like, what is good news? What is the gospel? You know, who is Jesus? What is sin? And it's like, well, yes, we know all these things, but then like, even you're saying now to, to know how to spread the word the good news you have to know what the good news is and so even though it was kind of a back to basics i thought it was really powerful in the way that you presented it um and even like mark was saying how you defined sin and how even thinking of you know all the times that i've heard that i've never heard that the definition of good news and gospel back then was more of a political thing and so anyways i just thought that was such a cool thing to like you know even though it's the basics you know, it's still something, there's still new things to learn about it. Yeah. Um, so was there any ideas that you had for this sermon that maybe just had to, you had to cut it and you wish that you could have kept going? Oh, yes. I know. <laughs> last, last time I was here, I said, you know, this was a talk that I didn't have anything. But this one, yes. My first stab at the sermon was just dense and mm-hmm. boring. It still might have been, to be honest, maybe it was. Um, but there, when you talk about what is the gospel, there are just so many different things that you mm-hmm. want to bring into it. And um, I read a number of books prepping for it and reading through commentaries and like, okay, what direction do I want to go? And one thing that this is more of maybe a nerdy side of me is, um, I'm trying to think of how would I phrase this? Like, I wouldn't say I never really thought much about the Old Testament because I think I always have, but Growing up in the evangelical church or just in the church, the focus a lot of times is on Jesus, yeah, which yeah. rightly so. Yeah. And as I'm looking more at this, and this could be also part of the, uh, I love the Bible project. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they always talk about how the Bible is a unified story that leads to Jesus. And um, looking at why does the gospel matter, matter, and it's like, well, why what role does the Old Testament play in this? Like, we're like, okay, we Mm -hmm. get to the cross and it's like, yes, we need the cross and we need Jesus's resurrection, but why? And as I was studying that, it's just, I got excited seeing how everything that happens in the Old Testament leads to why Jesus had to Mm -hmm. come. But it wasn't just for the nation of Israel, but like Jesus says, or God says to Abraham back in Genesis 12, you will be a blessing. Like um, you will be blessed and you're going to bless, all nations of the world will be blessed. And then God says to Moses on Mount Sinai that the Israelites are going to be for him a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, meaning you're going to represent God. And of course, all these people mess up. But I was like, man, it's so cool to see how, God is trying to, well, God has a plan to redeem all of creation and he's inviting humanity into it. Um, But then you get to the New Testament and you realize humanity can't do it, Mm. but Jesus can. Um, Mm. This might be a weird thought, but I kind of think about it like, um, have you guys seen the new Spider-Man movie? I haven't. You Mm -hmm. haven't? No. Okay, I'm not going to judge you. Um, I know, I wanted to. Okay, but here's my tangent. 
I love that. Like, it is one of my favorite movies of all time. Wow. It, yes, okay. I am absolutely obsessed with it. And people who see it, some people walk away feeling the same way as me. Um, I think Keith liked it too, unless he's lying to me. And if it is <laughs> Keith, we're talking about Sin today. Keith Riley doesn't so, lie. He doesn't lie. And he will tell you if there's a bad Marvel That's movie. a good point. <laughs> That's a good point. But... um. So in that movie, the reason why I loved it, it's not a perfect movie by any means. It has plot holes. It has all of this stuff. But, and spoiler alert, the movie brings in Peters from all the different Spider-Man movies. I haven't seen that, and I've heard that that's the one spoiler I've heard from so many people. It's, so it's like, yeah. And anyways. it's like, <laughs> the reason why that carries or means so much to me is the first Spider-Man movie came out my sophomore year of high school. And so... Over the past 20 years, I have followed these stories. And so when there's that moment in the movie where they all come, it's like, here's a long journey that's coming to fulfillment. Hmm. And <laughs> I like it's weird to connect this to the Bible, but I'm like, that's when you look at the full story of scripture, it brings so much more life to what is happening. Like, yes, what we need, we need Jesus. We need his death. We need his resurrection. We need his forgiveness. And you can become a Christian if you don't know the Old Testament. I believe that. Um, but when you understand the mm -hmm. full story, it brings so much more depth to it. And I, for myself, it's made my faith come so much more alive. Yeah. And I think so many people are like, scared of the old testament yes. because you read about scary stuff quote that god like yeah. that's not the god you yeah. want to have in your life Absolutely. you know but when you actually really dig into it in the proper way and you see the whole big picture that's when it's like oh no this is a cool god yeah. and it doesn't make that stuff any easier to read right either. like i still struggle with that <laughs> yeah. um but it's yeah but i'm able to see okay here's what's going on a bit Join more. us for our next series where Brett just talks all about the Old Testament and the weird stuff Can't in wait. it, and yeah. he's just going to really make fun. it better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the Brett version of the of the Old <laughs> Testament. <laughs> Brett's Yikes. Bible. Okay. Well, Brett, we didn't prep for this, but yes. as we were talking, I thought it'd be really fun. Uh, this It's on evangelism, right? This yes. series is on evangelism. So I don't know, maybe you could share a story of maybe a time in your life, or maybe one, one of the students that you know that has been a story about evangelism. I will go first and share because I thought this was really interesting as we were talking about like the E word and the baggage that it holds. Mm -hmm. So I, after working my first job after college, I was in my profession. I left that and I went to go to Japan to teach English and also help out at a church there. And so the help out at a church there was holding a sign that says, let's speak English outside of train stations. Let's speak English? Yep, because we had people that could speak English and Japanese people really want to learn how to speak English. Oh. But then that would be like, let's invite them to church as we're speaking English with them. So I was one of those people that would hold a sign that <laughs> talked about Jesus. Oh and I had so much internal struggle with that. And at the end of the day, it was amazing just the conversations that that would bring up. And I wasn't like the the kind of, chastising version of that but it was still uh, like very out of my comfort zone very out of what i would think of evangelism what i would be doing in japan that was not what i thought i was going to do mm -hmm. hold up a sign but it was just amazing to see how god used that and and just by saying yes i want to be a witness and god i want you to do that through me in the way that you know will work best mm. i think that lesson of submission was the biggest thing that i took away from mm. that time in that period but it was just so interesting to me to feel just all of the things as I was doing that. So yeah, 
it was really strange and really odd, but yeah. that's did my- it, Did it work? Like, did people- Yeah. I mean, we would get people to come and we would have college nights. And mm-hmm. I mean, churches in Japan aren't very big, but we would often fill out a room of 50 to 100 people, which is crazy. That's cool. Um, yeah. And we would have English- trend like english parties and stuff that people would invite friends to so yes it 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 got people to have conversations about jesus which was a completely foreign topic to a lot of people there Mm -hmm. they're like oh that's that guy from that book or like i see actors in movies wearing a cross and i think that's that that like that's that person right yeah yeah so yeah (laughs) that one guy right that was jim caviezel (laughs) (laughs) so unlikely witness brett do you have any kind of story about yeah, well, I mean, I think first just to name a little bit of what you're saying is that you're saying you're the person holding the signs. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us who grew up in the church, like we hear those things mm-hmm. and cringe in a little mm-hmm. in some ways. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think there is a side of us where it's like God is actually using that in a lot of people's lives to change lives. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I know when I look back at uh, just different things in my life, I'm like, oh, wow, I did that or whatever. And it's like. No, actually, God was using that in me in some ways to work in me, but also I know people whose lives are transformed by that. And so mm-hmm. I always want to be careful to mm-hmm. not just throw stones at things because it's like, Correct. this is all about God's kingdom. Right. Yeah. But we still need to be thoughtful about how we do it. Right. Um, because we also don't want to be somebody's like horror story in mm-hmm. a sense. Um, uh, yeah, I... I could share. Oh, well, here's a horror story. When I was a little kid, um, I'm just going to share this. When I was a little kid, I remember being on the playground one day and please forgive me, parents. I know I'm the next gen director. Don't have your kids do this. But I went around the playground and like with a couple of friends and would surround kids and say, we're not going to let you out of this until you pray the prayer to become a Christian. (laughs) And yes. And I remember I was thinking like, I am being a witness. Um, Yeah, that don't do that. Don't yeah, do that. Yeah, you and grew I would up never in uh, Tennessee, it. right? Yeah, uh, great place. Um, I love it there. <laughs> but so I guess a story of evangelism, I actually, I shared this with uh, some students just a couple weeks ago. Um, so when I was in college, I um, I was a swimmer and I went to college and was on a swim team there. And um, I thought that if I am going to be a follower of Jesus or a witness, I need to be a part of a different ministry. And so I wanted to serve with the ministry and the ministry actually turned me down. Uh, Mm -hmm. They said, no, you don't have enough time for this. And Mm -hmm. I was angry at the time and they were actually very smart because I didn't have time. But I was talking to a mentor of mine through Athletes in Action and he kind of asked me questions in the midst of that and said like, Brett, why are you at the school? And I said, I'm here to swim. He goes, who has God put in your path? He said, the swim team. Hmm. He goes, who are you with 20 to 25 hours a week? The swim team. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I think you have your mission field. And it kind of, as with this series, we named it like unlikely witnesses right where you are because Jesus has put us right in our place for a specific mm-hmm. reason. Yep. And for me, it helped me see that when I am going to, my swim practices or swim meets or spending time with my team, those are opportunities to share with people the life that Jesus has for them. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't mean I'm sitting down with them all the time and kind of like walking through the Bible passages with them, (laughs) but I'm getting to know them. I'm building relationships with them and conversations about faith happen naturally. Um, I remember one night um, I was at a Bible study and we prayed um, just for somebody in our life who we could share our faith with. And it was crazy because the... um, when I went home, one of my friends who I saw, they were watching Passion of the Christ 
on TV, which is a weird thing. Like they were just sitting there watching it. And in it, he goes, hey, you're a Christian. Tell me a little bit about this. Oh my I was gosh. like, wait, what? And mm-hmm. I was caught off guard. Yeah. I didn't know what to do. But it kind of led to more conversations that we were able to have about faith. And um, it was kind of just a blessing to get to see how God then used um, me being on this team and me being willing to say, okay, God, use me to see people come to Jesus. And so, yeah, that, uh, that's, that's my a great story. story. And yeah. I love that the follow-up to that story is how, I mean, you told me this before, you and your friends just circled around that person <laughs> on the couch and yeah. made them pray the prayer. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's real successful. You and these, these your friends and Jim Caviezel, yeah, all of yeah. you guys were witnesses yeah. to them. Yeah, Jimmy C, that's what we call him. Jimmy C. <laughs> Tangent question, yes. silly. As a swimmer, and if you guys didn't know, Brett's like actually like a very good swimmer. He's not just saying was. like, well, oh, was, sorry. Yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> was a very good swimmer. Still swims though. Do you resonate most with Peter in the Bible when he jumps <laughs> out of the boat and swims towards Jesus? Yeah, I would have been John who made sure to record that I beat Peter to the shore. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That's one of my favorite Bible stories. Yeah. It just makes me laugh every time. But I'm I just coming. That it's like, I have a boat. It'll get there faster, but I'm going to swim. I literally just picture them rowing like, this guy's so dumb. Yeah. Like, why did he get... It's hard and it's slow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as you were preparing for this message... Yeah, that had a lot to do with the gospel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it did. Hello. Yeah. Um, was there anything that you maybe wrestled with? Um, maybe something in your own life or something difficult about a passage that you were reading? Anything yeah. like that? Oh, absolutely. I think you know, the question that you asked of things that I left out, it's, there's so much that you could talk about when it comes to the gospel and trying to figure out what to share. But then also one thing Cheryl and I were talking about is how do we give a succinct definition of the gospel? Mm -hmm. Um, Because Mm -hmm. like, as I'm listening to other pastors preach or reading books, like people just love poking holes in every definition Mm -hmm. of everything. And I actually had a little bit of just writer's block in trying to put together the sermon because I'm like, oh, well, I'll poke a hole in this or poke a hole in that. I don't want to say something wrong. And um, yeah, I I struggled a lot with that Mm. Um, and just clearly naming what is the gospel because our challenge, I say it at the end, is um, how would, why is the gospel good news to you in your life? And I was thinking about that for myself of like, what is that? Because chances are, if you're having a conversation with somebody, they're not going to say, I have an hour for you to share the gospel with you. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. it'll just be a natural conversation. And if you can't think about how to say it in a short conversation, what would you do? Mm-hmm. Or how would you say it? And so that, I think that's a little bit of what I struggled with, things that I wanted, like, had to fight against is anytime you talk about the cross is jumping into all different atonement theories and Mm. okay, why does the cross actually um, cover our sins, forgive our sins? Like Mm. how did Jesus actually make a way for us to be in a relationship with God? And that could be another podcast for another time. Uh, But yeah, (laughs) I mean like those were the sorts of things that I was wrestling with because I want to, I want to be able to say that the good news that I'm talking about is also very good news in my own life. And it's mm. not just something I'm speaking about, but it's something that I, I am experiencing daily in my own life. And then I think there's the other side of when you talk about the gospel, admitting the fact that I am still a sinner. Mm. <laughs> and sometimes it feels weird of telling people, man, 
put Jesus at the center of your life. And while I'm saying that, I'm like, man, I still struggle with this. I still struggle with that. Mm. And who am I to be able to say this? Because if they really looked at my life, think, man, he's a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that was a struggle. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you sharing that. I mean, it, it sounds like you're coming from a very thoughtful and vulnerable place. And to craft a message in which you know might have holes poked in it or definitions picked at, that's such a difficult and hard thing. And so I just want to acknowledge that and, and thank you for that. And give you any space now if you have any lingering thoughts or if you want to you know, shamelessly plug anything that's happening with next gen or ask for help or anything (laughs) like that. This is your time to do it. Oh, I can always plug next gen. You know, when we're talking about unlikely witnesses, we had, you know, we had student Sunday a few Mm -hmm. weeks ago. Um, Yeah, it was awesome. Thanks. Thanks y'all. And in that talked about the next generation leaving the church and inviting the congregation to walk alongside the next generation. Mm -hmm. And one of the best parts about being on the kids or students team is you get to be the witness who is helping students know the good news of the gospel. And um, like with like, let's say the unlikely witness part, like sometimes the barrier that people have with volunteering with students or kids and they're like, I don't have it figured out. And so Mm. what could I do to pour into them? But I mean, just like the disciples, none of them had it figured out. Um, like even the people walking with Jesus, Jesus constantly had to remind them, like, you don't get it, but he still says, come follow me. And so take a chance, walk with the next generation. God will use that in your life to help you uh, learn more about who he is and also who you are through him. Um, Yeah, I think that was always something that made me a little more nervous when I was serving in students was like, what if they ask me some like crazy Bible question that I'm not gonna know the answer? And the thing that I learned was like, that's when you say, let's figure this out together and we can both learn something. And for them to see you, me, an adult as a human and as someone who doesn't have it all together, I think really just demonstrates of like, you don't have to have it all figured Mm -hmm. out. Even this adult who's poured into my life, who's, you know, 10, however many years older than me. They also don't really know the answer to this. And instead of like making something up or pointing me to my parents or somebody mm-hmm. else, they want to learn this as well and walk alongside me. And so I think that's such a simple concept at the same time as like a big scary one. So I don't know. I would just encourage people if that's if that is a hindrance, then, you know, just think of it that way is you're just you can learn things together. And I mean, yeah, I've been a Christian my whole life and I'm still learning so much. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, oh yeah. Oh, I was just gonna add with that, like there I think it's Fuller, I quote Fuller too much. Um, but Fuller Youth Institute says some of the most the four most powerful words you can say in walking with a teenager is I don't know but like yeah. you're saying, and it's I don't know mm-hmm. but let's figure it out together. I don't know but but I'll find out who might know and right. we can do it. But it's more like those four words invite people into a deeper relationship and walking with Jesus and walking with people on their relationship with Jesus is all about entering into that relationship with them. Mm. So good. So if that sounds like you would like to do that, text us and let us know. You can text us at 650-600-0402. And we would love to help connect you into a student's or, or kid's life. Tons of life change <laughs> that is happening here at Menlo Church. We want you to be a part of it. Uh, Brett, thank you so much for your time. Yay. Thanks for having me. Yeah. 
and we will see you all later. Yeah. Go see Spider-Man. I'm telling myself as well. Good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. See ya. Well, thanks so much for listening. And our hope is that this helps you connect deeper to Menlo Church throughout the week. We believe church doesn't just happen on Sundays, and this is just one of the ways you can connect with us and grow in your faith whenever and wherever you're listening. We'd love to come alongside you in prayer to encourage you or walk through anything that you're going through. All you have to do is text our online team at 650-600-0402. Thanks again for tuning in. This was Menlo Midweek.